everybody, Ed and Larry are back here again <clears throat> for the second episode of Penance of Horror Redux. Uh, we got a couple little little stories we want to tell you before we get into like the meat of our conversation. Uh, I was at Wizard World uh, last week, actually, in August in Chicago here. And, man, that, that convention has really gone downhill. <laughs> it's pretty horrible, man. Like, I... Uh, it, it's just like a, a trash heap. It's it, it is. It's just people kind of just selling their garbage, like uh, of comics and stuff, overpriced and everything. And then you know there's a bunch of celebrities there, which <clears throat> is the main reason I went this time. Then other to buy some toys too, which I did actually find some good deals. I found my Holy Grail toy there. I, is it the uh, uh, the alien one? It's the yeah the Hot Toys Hudson alien figure. Which is really hard to find. Uh, I bought my first Hot Toy Alien figure back in like 2006, I want to say. And it was like 90 bucks. Hot Toys were $90 back in 2006. Now they're like 220 at least. Fuck. Yes, they've gone up in price. And the first one I bought was Drake. Because they didn't have Hudson or Hicks there. So I was like, well, Drake is my favorite anyway. So I, I ended up picking him over... They had Apone and Ripley there also. But then years went on, you know, and the prices went up for the Hot Toys, and then I would see that there was a Hicks and a Hudson figure, and they were always way over fucking priced. They were usually about like five or $600 for the figure. And the one I saw at Wizard World was $300. And that was my big buy, because I usually have at least one big buy when I'm at one of these conventions. And this year was that Hot Toy. It was, yeah, I got... It's my holy grail of a toy. And if you collect hot toys at all, you will understand, you know, how beautiful these figures are. I mean, they're, 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 it's, it's just, it's just great. <laughs> Hopefully that wasn't like the first thing you did when you got there. No, no, no. It was the last thing <laughs> I did, done. actually. I actually saw that right before I was about to leave. And, oh, and this was like right after uh, Jocelyn and I went and met Billy Zane. <laughs> Him and Chris, Chris Sarandon were like the only people we really wanted to meet there. But there was also like John Travolta for some oh my God. fucking yeah. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum was there and their lines were big. And luckily, you know, I got in line. I, I guess Billy Zane was at uh, doing a, a panel at that point in time. So I went up to his little booth there and as Jocelyn and I were, were heading up, we see that his sister is there also, Lisa Zane. So, and she's with uh, was that uh, Nightmare on Elm Street six, right? Or yeah, six, yeah, yeah, six. Dead, yeah. yeah, she was she was in that. And, <clears throat> and Justin was like, "Wait, is that Lisa Zane?" And I'm like, "I think so, probably." And then she's like, "You know, asked if she was, and of course she was." You was, know, was like, Koto there too? <laughs> no, no, man. You've seen that guy lately? Oh, he, he looks rough, man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was my. Pretty much my experience there. It's it like it's a total cash grab now. It's not even for the comics really or the toys even anymore because all the booths now are mostly just those pop figures. Yeah, which you know I just call them what butt plug accessories. You know they're just I well, hate those things. I mean there, there are some cool pops out there, um, but I, I really think that you know that making pops of like every little thing is little excessive like um you know i i would really like an art the clown pop oh i'm sure there won't be one pretty soon well, in due time i know damien uh 
Damien Leone like hand makes them and they take really long to make so oh he gets those those <clears throat> blank pops and he does it himself I think so I don't want to say but I know like I've seen pictures of people who like have them like he's given a few away on raffles but, oh nice um yeah and that's what's kind of cool is like you're guaranteed that not everyone's going to be the same like the uh, blood splatter is going to be a little different mm-hmm. maybe um one of a kind yeah so yeah, well, that's, that's the thing. I mean, you, you talk about, like, the hot toys going up in price, and I think that's one thing that, like, makes... That's one thing that has kind of, like, devalued, like, action figures. <laughs> like Pops? Yeah, I think so. Well, in the sense that, like, you know, when, like, McFarlane did his twisted Oz ones, uh-huh. and, you know, like, all of his movie maniac ones, I mean... You go to a convention now, or like you look on Amazon, those are like how much, like a hundred bucks now. No, you can still find a lot of those pretty cheap. It it all depends on the figure itself. Some are a, a bit more expensive. Like we'll take for example, there was a series of uh, the McFarlane movie maniacs. Uh, just a, a certain series in itself can have a short run and be a lot, but then there's certain series where maybe one or two figures out of there are are the most one of them is twisted fairy tales yeah. for example there was like humpty dumpty and uh hansel and gretel and peter pumpkin eater and those all go i mean those are all kind of you can get those for like 15 20 bucks now but now the the one big one out of that whole series was the little red riding hood figure which i believe probably was only like one per case of figures and um, also, it was like scantily clad, and it was a cool looking like Red Riding <coughs> figures. Good, good wacky material. It, it, as, yeah, as you exactly. would say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> my, my my fantasy right there. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I remember I bought the set, and uh, it, buying the set, you get all the car- all the the figures pretty much for the exact same price. But if you're going to buy them separately, the one the Red Riding Hood was about forty fifty dollars, and the other ones were fifteen twenty. Yeah, so you'd basically spend like 125 but you'd get all the figures. And right. Instead of like, you basically like, it's just like buying in bulk. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't do that shit anymore. I, I don't buy full sets anymore. I just buy the things I, I want and, and like because I, I, I don't need to be a completionist. And if you're out there and you want to collect stuff, you don't, don't be a, you don't have to be a completionist. You can just get what you like. And open up your fucking toys, for Christ's sake. You know, like, unless you like the artwork or the box or something, open your toys, or else you're just a, a flipper or whatever they call them. People who collect this shit to sell. And you're, you're just a seller, then. You're not a collector. I am so glad you said that, because I have an Ash vs. Evil Dead figure back there in my room. Uh-huh. I got You were with me when I got it. We got it at uh, Days of the Dead a few years ago. Oh, yeah, ago. right, yeah. I, I haven't opened it. It's just been sitting in there, and I'm like... I really want to open it. Like yeah. I, even, I even touched my nephew. Like, do you want to open that up? Do it, man. <laughs> Here's how smart my uh, my. I think he was like seven at the time. But I was like, you're not supposed to open it, though. And I'm like, Psh, wow, whatever. <laughs> seven. You're teaching your seven year old not to open stuff. Oh man. Well, yeah. does he play? What, what kind Here, of toys does he have? You just play with like <laughs> carded figures. <laughs> no. Well, you know what? I think a lot of that. Uh, his dad, my brother-in-law. Okay. Um is a huge Simpsons fan so like if you go to their house in his basement he has like the interactive sets where you can put oh, different yeah. figures down and, they, and they're not open like he has a shit ton of Simpsons memorabilia and 
it's really cool because there have been times when I've how sad I'm like, can I open this up and like <laughs> and see yeah. if like will he know? But I, I always stop myself. So I'm like, no. Yeah. No, no. Well, with collectors, yeah, we we know. We 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 can well, tell if someone's been in our room. Well, <laughs> well, it's also too like stuff like that. I remember seeing it all the time. Like, um, you and I kind of grew up around the same area. Like we're from the same part of. You know, towards like the same neighborhoods of Chicago. So you remember Lincolnwood Mall, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like they had Suncoast video. Oh yeah, I used to love Suncoast. Yeah, I would twice the price of everything, but it was awesome. (laughs) Well, like they, I remember they had like a ton of. uh, At the time, I'm really pissed off that I never took advantage of it, but they had a ton of like cool horror shit. Yeah, they did. They had a lot of cool action figures. Like they had like the Thomas Jane Punisher, which I thought was kind of cool, because he had like all the weapons and accessories and everything. Um, They had a Nemesis. With the, from uh, Resident Evil? Yes, from Resident Evil 3. Um, and it's like, man, that, that would have been really cool, but then it's like, oh, what, what joy would I get out of it now? I mean, I have, you saw, I have that Robert Englund back there, mm-hmm. the pre-Freddy Robert Englund, like, from Freddy vs. Jason, that I've, um, it's openly, it's on display, it's open and on display, and you know, for shits and giggles, I'm not a flipper or anything, mm-hmm. but I look to see, like, how much it's worth, and I'm like, it's only gone up, like, literally what I paid for it. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and you know what, like, I, I want to keep this stuff open and displayed, so. Yeah, yeah. It, like, the, uh, what I, I have carded figures in my my room, my, <laughs> my toy room. <laughs> You know, you're a fucking mausoleum. I was actually, that was one thing I was disappointed about last week, because we were supposed to do this last week, and I was going to go up to your place. Yeah. Um, Well, I figured, like, you know, I know what it's like, you just walk around a convention all day, you're fucking tired, and it's like, the last thing you want to do is, like, do a podcast for an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah, well, there were some complications that happened with it, too, so. Yeah, it's fine. Um, but, but we're doing it now. So. Yeah, but either way, like I was like, man, I wanted to like. See <laughs> I've only seen pictures of it. Anyone yeah. who knows Larry, um, like you've, they've seen like these big glass cabinets you have, just chock full of stuff. Uh, like, I mean, they're not even glass cabinets; they're just open because I I am constantly the room is never finished. Rearranging. It's always the the <laughs> the room is never going to be finished. You sound like <laughs> you sound like such a comic book villain, the I, collector. Yeah. It's never complete. Yeah. I'm always rearranging. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> I have to make the alien battle scene. Yeah. Which I am actually starting to do right now. I am, I actually am starting to do some craft work. And I'm making, like, my own buildings and stuff to where I'm going to start making little scenes and dioramas with yeah. my figures. <laughs> that's, and be giving backgrounds and stuff. So, yeah. See, that's one thing I wanted to do. Like, I was thinking, like, it'd be really cool to get, like... The boiler room diorama from Nightmare on Elm Street, and put the Freddy Krueger that I had in right. there. Well, shit, I'm making my own boiler room. Well, maybe not a boiler room. I made like a castle so far. <laughs> so I got like any medieval shit. <laughs> I don't know. I think with my ADD, all I could do is like, I'm gonna do a boiler room. Yeah, I'll just do a janitor's closet. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll just order it from Amazon. <laughs> Actually, next week I'm supposed to uh, go to the GameStop down here and pick up my newest piece from my collection the NECA Halloween 2 Michael Myers from 1981 oh with the uh, the Ben Tramer head the bloody <laughs> the bloody eyes getting shot in his eyes yes getting shot in his eyes. and actually too if you look really close you can see bullet holes 
in the coveralls. Well, a continuity on the figure, that's nice. Yeah, and uh, it, it looks really... I mean, you've seen a picture of it, right? Yeah, I believe okay, so. so... I actually, they said it would be, I think, September 7th, which would be next Saturday. So, uh, so you're going to go to the video game store to pick up an action figure. Well, yeah, because the GameStop <laughs> up here actually has a, like, a contract or something with this place called the Den of Geek. Okay. So if you go in there, like, next time you're up here, we'll have to go check it out. If you have time today, we can go check it out. All right. Um, you go in there, and it's like they have a ton of, like, different stuff for, like, collectors. Well, not so much collectors, but, like... You know, I have a candle from Fallout that I thought would be funny. So they just got they got a bunch of a so, bunch of shit that you get in your loot boxes. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and now GameStop is just a big fucking loot box. That's that's what you're saying. Yeah, but you know what? Some of it's actually really cool because, like, you know, I like Rick and Morty, so like, you'll find a cool Rick and Morty thing, or um, they'll have like a really awesome Batman statue. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's all stuff that like. You know, it's all stuff that, like, my wife would just roll her eyes at. <laughs> and then I would even question why she, you know, <laughs> lets me touch her. <laughs> you married into it, baby. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, but you know what? What, what would have been some... <clears throat> now that we're talking about this, what would have been, like, an action figure you would have really liked to collect? Like, if, like, you could go to McFarlane and say, hey, make this figure, what would it be? Huh, that's a <clears throat> tough one. I would actually, of course, aliens would always. Any more aliens figures, I would love. Uh, I know they have redone some of the old Kenner figures that came out when there uh, there was like a, a line of alien figures in the early '90s that came out because they were planning on having uh, like a Saturday morning cartoon of aliens. And there was an, actually a pilot, I believe, which was uh, filmed, and then from that they got um, all the different characters from the movie Aliens and they got different aliens that they made there was like a crab alien a a queen alien a gorilla alien, scorpion alien mantis alien, there's all these different aliens that they had uh, I believe um, that uh, NECA actually got those licenses (laughs) sorry and um, NECA got those licenses and made some of those figures already, they made the scorpion and the mantis one for sure um, I've noticed at Target because you know if you know Steph and I go there and she'll look at something I'll like wander away and I'll, yeah. go, I'll go to the section where they have like Predator like figures yeah. and alien figures and I'm like man I remember stuff like this when I was little but you know like the fact that like I don't know if they're re-releasing them for like a new generation which would be kind of yeah. cool because you know the way I, I look at it as kids are like way too overstimulated today with like you know their iPads and everything mm-hmm. and, you know like do what we did you know Play with some action yeah, figures. Play, <laughs> take, take some of your figures to the bathtub. Yeah. Have, a, have a water bottle. Um, no, but I mean, like that—that that was kind of cool. Like, I got this box. It's going to be a fortress, and like you have your figures. Yeah, made, yeah, I used to do that with my stuff all the time. But now, also though, I think God, they're making a lot such, of shit such toys. Such fucking nerds. Oh, I don't give a fuck. I've always been one. <laughs> uh, a lot of these figures, though, are, are shit. Like we were talking about pop figures, and I. Do not like Beanie Babies. But now they're putting out these kind of like He-Man action figures of horror. Yeah, like, yeah. Those look like shit, man. The, I'm guy, sorry. the guy at GameStop actually tried to give me the Halloween one, and I'm like, as much as I love Michael Myers, like, this looks like shit. I'm like, yeah, it's like this really isn't like this is just kind of like a. It's, it's like someone made a mistake at the toy factory. <laughs> yeah, everyone made a mistake there. And I'm sorry, they look like crap. I, I wouldn't buy those. 
Or what about the What about the Ninja Turtle ones? The Ninja Turtle ones are really awesome. Those are f- cool figures, but you can never find them. Yeah. And they're now they sell online for like a hundred dollars for like two figures. Like fuck you, man. <laughs> See, they had fucking flippers, man. They make everything worse. I want these action figures for retail, and now these assholes go around who aren't even action figure fans and pick these up and sell them. Fuck you. Well, you know, (laughs) when we were at Days of the Dead, there was a vendor. I don't know if you were with me when I talked to him, but he was a really cool guy. Like, he, um, I told him about our podcast at the time when it was all of us, and me and him got to talking. He's like, you know, you go to all these different conventions like Wizard World and, you know, all, all the other Comic Cons. He's like, the real fans are at these small conventions. Yeah, he's like, true. I will, he's like, I will never, ever, you know, jip or, uh, what's the word? Bamboozle? Mark up the price oh. on somebody who is, like, a true fan. Like, so you remember I bought the entire, uh, I think you were there for the, yeah, you were there for this one. I bought the entire, like, Freddy vs. Jason vs. Ash comic book series. Oh, okay, yeah. And the guy's like, they're X amount of piece, but if you want to buy the whole collection, I'll knock 25 bucks off. And I think it was, like, all together for, like, ten comics. It was, like... hundred dollars? No. <laughs> I think he gave it to me for, like, sixty. Right. But, yeah. I mean, though, it, it's out of print, and I think, that, yeah, they're back there, too, but... God, I can't wait till I open up all the shit that I just... Like, when I moved here, I just kind of put everything in a box, and, like, when I figure out what I'm gonna do... Fuck, dude, how long have you been here? Like, three years? Two and a half. Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because a lot of it is, like... Do I want to put shelves up? If so, where am I going to do it? Because I just have that one wall, like, right here where the TV is, and then I have that wall back here, and then I have windows, and... So I'm looking into, like, maybe putting in some shelves. But you got to take take down that machine head flag you got up there, and it'll, that's a whole shelf right there. Get the fuck out <laughs> Put it on the ceiling or something, so when you're... You're chilling oh, oh, out. Oh, so yeah. So when I'm so when I'm making sweet love, I can look at the flag. Yeah, I'm doing the motion? Yeah, it's all about the blood, sweat, and fucking. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, I also have the soil work flag back there too. I'm glad you didn't denounce that. Yeah, right. yeah I wonder what kind of soil work you'd be doing back there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but um, honestly, like one of the figures I would love to see, and. It sounds really fucking stupid. Do you remember uh, when they did the miniseries of the Beast? Peter Punch meets the Beast with uh, oh, with the octopus. Yeah, right. <laughs> I would actually like because I don't really think like they could. I, I would just love to see how like logistically they do it. Like, do they make his limbs vestigial? Do they just keep it like <laughs> like a stiff looking torpedo? What's, what's the what's the material? Like, is it like a rubbery kind of? Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Um, and also, I don't think I've, I, I could be wrong, I probably am, which, you know, I'm used to saying that, um, did they ever make a Jeepers Creepers figure? Yes, I did have they? them, actually, okay. yeah, I own it. That would be cool, <laughs> and, um... Came out for, uh, Sota Toys, I want to say? It was either Soda Toys or NECA, I'm not, you know what, I think it was NECA Toys that came out with the Jeepers Creepers, one of the there first was another, There was another toy manufacturer, I don't really hear of Mezco. <clears throat> Mezco, yeah, I'm not a big fan of their stuff, though. Because I think a lot of my stuff is NECA, but I remember Mezco made some stuff that I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Well, NECA's a lot better now. Before, yeah. like, four or five years ago, like, their shit broke e- super easily, 
And now, like, they're getting better with a little more of their articulation. You're able to bend the elbows of your, the, the figures and, and knee joints, and they'll just break the fuck off. You know? 126 points of articulation. Yeah, <laughs> where you can actually move them. Because otherwise, you got to, like, hold your figure under, like, some warm water for a minute to loosen shit up a bit. And it's like I'm playing with my toys in the fucking bathtub again now. <laughs> Like, oh, my fucking predator, man. His arm's gonna break off if I don't warm him up. Of course it has cloth and clothing. Yeah, oh, yeah. Then just strip him down. Yeah, then all the <laughs> dust gets on there. Fucking cleaning toy sucks. Yeah, that was one thing, too, where uh, one of the guys I work with, he, he collects figures, too, but he's more like... Who has more, me or him? You. Oh, that's right, motherfucker. Well, he's not... <laughs> like, if he, if he sees something cool, he'll be like, oh, I'm gonna pick that up, which... Yeah, that's me. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, that's... Like, I, like, when we go to the conventions, I like walking around, I like looking at figures, and I remember you said, don't pay too much for figures, because you'll regret it. Don't, you'll regret it. You, you have to go at least one full round around a convention yeah. before you really buy something. And so you, you have to see all the different prices. And also, another piece of advice that Larry will give you is if you're going to, like, a three-day convention, like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday... Mm-hmm. If you're going to buy something, if it's still there on Sunday, they might cut you a deal just to get rid of it. Well, if you're going to go for a three-day, get there on Friday as soon as you can If when they open. And that's when you go in, you do your whole rounds first, you get to see all the shit that's there, then you can buy that stuff that you really want and that you see it at the cheapest price. But then while you're doing that, you're also making mental notes in your head about the stuff that you might want that you're not as gaga for. Maybe the price is a little higher. So you then, that's when you wait till Sunday, and towards the end of Sunday, like those assholes, the vendors there, they, I don't mean to call you assholes, I'm just saying, just, but uh, they're, they, they, they're packing up their shit, and the fewer things they have to pack up, the better it is for them. So they kind of just want to get rid of shit. No, <laughs> <laughs> I almost laughed, because do you remember, too, when uh, we had Michelle in the wheelchair? And, oh, yeah, I could just plow through motherfuckers, it was great. Well, do you remember, too, she saw that uh, Doctor Who... That, that, what TARDIS or whatever? It, or what, it was what something. Was I think it was like a Lego set or something. <laughs> and um, she said something to the guy, but she's like, it was she's like, but I'm in a wheelchair. Oh, and the guy looked at her and he's like, hey, we're all the same. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, you're being kind of shitty because she did offer to buy too. Like, if you knock down, yeah, like yeah, that's that's what's cool about going there because you'll get some guys that are like, hey man, if you want yeah. these three. If you buy these two, I'll cut like a deal on the fifty percent off this one. That's like yeah. yeah, great. Then you fuck with a cripple. You're not selling much, right? No, I was. I actually went to a comic con in a wheelchair once too, and I was Professor X, and it was the it, you know what? it was the best fucking con- the convention I've ever been to because I didn't have to walk the damn thing. And I mean, I played the part the whole time. I didn't even move my legs or anything. And like people, I think probably thought I was disabled, but I didn't give a shit. And the only time I think I got up from that chair was I had to go take a leak. And I wasn't about to stay in character for that one and be like, oh, hold on, <laughs> it's time to go <laughs> to number two. I can just picture you wheeling in there, like putting the brakes on and getting up and some guy like just... Yeah, and that, actually that's what happens. People are looking at me like, oh, no, I'm coming out of character for just this second. You went to the front of the line, you fucker. <laughs> I should have. Actually, I did get wheeled in right to the front of the line that time. I, <laughs> hey, but you know what? Hey, the opportunity presents itself. You, you, see, go for you know it. what's funny is because you would do that. And, like I've seen your your uh, Professor X cosplay before. Yeah, man. Like you you shave your face, you like head, shave your everything. Head. Yeah, and, suit. and I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you wear a suit. I'm pretty sure you put like one of those FDR polio blankets. On. I yeah, I had one. It was a green one too. 
I think the funniest part when I did that is right around that time that one game came out where you, it's like a, a Call of Duty kind of game where you jump into those big mechs. I forgot the name of that one. There's, oh, uh, There's two different ones. Uh, Titanfall? Titanfall, right. Yeah. So that's when Titanfall kind of just came out and they had a big display there and they had people like, they had the consoles all around, people were playing it. <clears throat> And my buddy, who actually dressed up as Beast, <laughs> was pushing me by, and I was like, oh, that looks just like the Sentinels on Geonosha. <laughs> People, like, turned around and started laughing. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that's, that's convention life. No, for he's me. not Dr. X. The polio fever is just right. <laughs> he actually believes he's on Genosha. <laughs> so, yeah, but that would be cool. I'd like to see a Beast, though. Yeah, figure. he oh. was actually Beast from the movie where he's wearing a suit and everything, and yeah, it looked great. So Kelsey Grammer Beast. Yeah, he played Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> and you know, this is, I, I don't, I have no idea why this was happening at the con, though. We were just rolling around, and it seemed like all, like, the black guys there were yelling out to my friend, going, Yo, Beast! <laughs> doing that shit. And it was only, like, black guys doing it. I, I, it was the weirdest thing. I don't know, I don't know what it is. Black people like beasts or something, or something I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, we haven't been doing this show all that frequently lately, and I'm sure there are newer people who are going to listen to this podcast and don't really know who we are. So I kind of just wanted to have Ed and myself talk about some of the different horror movies throughout our lives, mainly like our younger years, that really formed us into these horror movie-loving people that we are now. Um, so, Ed, do you want to start off, or do you want me to start off with this one? Well, we, so. both, we both know what our answers are, so... Um. Okay. Uh, I'll start off first. Okay, go ahead. One, I think the first, real first horror movie that grabbed me and made me love the genre was the movie Creepshow. And that's the one I can always remember watching first and loving it, being like six years old, seven years old and watching it. And for some reason... That movie always seemed to kind of be on late at night, like 2 in the morning, you know? <laughs> and uh, my dad used to work a late job, and he would come home at 2 or 3 in the morning, and sometimes he'd wake me up on the weekends, and he would bring home food, and we'd watch movies, like, at late night. And they're usually horror movies. I remember seeing, like, Fright Night one time was on, Vamp, and just all these different 80s horror movies. But it always seemed like Creepshow was always on, so, um, so that one really really just built my love of horror right there because you you have all these different genres in just one movie you you have like a somewhat of a zombie with the, the, the ted dancing one you have uh roaches an infestation movie you have a monster movie with the crate you have a transformation movie with jordy the jordy uh, a tale um so, and then you have the wraparound too which is what voodoo and there's just so many different things that's going on in this movie so many different genres and for that to be your first movie and to be introduced to that it opens up so many doors especially if you like every single segment yeah and you know for me 
I mean, everyone knows, and it's been uh, it's been talked about and complained about. I mean, I love the Halloween series. I mean, that mm-hmm. was, and I always fuck with you. On that yeah. one. I, I, you know, I can understand people's love for Halloween. I get it. I'm just not one of those people. But yeah, please go on. Well, I'm also a person too, where I. Uh, you can admit that some of these movies are pretty fucking horrible, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, oh, yeah. good. And you know what's funny is, like, I'll, like, if I read something where it's, like, they say, oh, here's a leaked script for a Halloween movie that was never made. I'm the first fucking person to read it. <laughs> Click. <laughs> um, and some of them are really good. Like, some of them are, like, the one that they were going to do originally for Halloween Returns. I mean, that story was really frightening. It. I mean, it, I think it captured a lot of what... 2018 Halloween was and what it wanted to be um but yeah like for me that was always the movie and I remember like being really little and I remember my parents watching Halloween 2 and I I didn't know if it was uh I didn't know if it was a Friday the 13th at the time because I think I was like five or six (laughs) and um I couldn't differentiate between the two and one of the funniest memories I have that will always make me laugh to this day is the scene where Michael stabs Loomis with the scalpel, and my dumb childlike mind, which I still kind of have, <laughs> telling my mom, that knife's not really big, Mom. And she says, this is her answer. Yes, but it's very dirty. <laughs> and it was, because he stabbed several people with it. <laughs> so um, so I, gotta, I, I have to ask you this. Why? Why do you love this Halloween series so much? What is it about Michael Myers that you love so much? I can tell you right now. Awesome. Um, Perfect. So, I remember being absolutely terrified of that series. Like, I remember, like, hearing that music, I would automatically just kind of... Shut down a little bit. Yeah, like around Halloween, I'd get, because it's like, shit, I'm going to start hearing it. And it's like, it was just, it was a terrifying thing because there was something more real about him. There was something that was just, like. It it wasn't supernatural or anything. It was more, it was more born in reality kind of thing. Especially the first two. And, you know, being from, having that movie, I've been doing air quotes. take place in Illinois um, is I think what made it scarier because it's you know if it's a suburb it's stone thrown away and the guy can drive that's true (laughs) and and you know what actually now that you mentioned that uh, I remember in Silence of the Lambs they uh, they think Buffalo Bill's house is in Calumet City, and that's in sh- that's in the Chicagoland area. That's one of the suburbs, and I actually yeah. used to live in Calumet City. Yeah. So yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. And um, I remember just as I got older, and as more of the movies came out, it's like this fear turned into interest, which turned into like obsession. Obsession. <laughs> which not so I wouldn't say obsession, but um, it definitely was like a. If there was anything about Halloween, I wanted to read about it. If there was, you know, like, I mean, I remember getting 25 Years of Terror, which was about the convention they do in Pasadena, and this was, God, this was 15 years ago. Yeah, that was a while ago that came uh, out. Yeah, that, yeah, because they're... On That's the, what, four, they came out in 2004, 2005, I want to say? Yeah, around there. Yeah. Um, because, that, yeah, that was about, yeah, they're at 40 years now, so... Fuck. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Um, and it's just interesting to hear about this little, almost, I don't want to say engine that could, but 
this movie that was made for $300,000 that was effective in scaring people because, I mean, I mean, it's not... The first one, obviously, was blood-free, almost. I think there were, like, yeah. blood on clothing that you would see. Pretty much, yeah. Um, and even now, like, I'll still, like... If I'm in the mood, I'll throw on the first two. And then... If the mood really hits, I'll put on four, five, six. Um, but yeah, it's just something about it that... I mean, it it taught me to also really appreciate music and how music is used as a atmospheric-type device. Uh-huh. A trigger, even, sometimes? Yeah, yeah, not so much... Well, not so much a trigger, but more like with Carpenter. You know, you get the idea that... I mean, his, his music, you, you know what it is when you hear it. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of synth, a lot of... Um, Just ominous tones. Yeah. Throughout. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> the sense of... Even when something is not going to happen, he sets the mood up like... He sets the mood up like almost a sense of, I guess, foreboding. Like maybe a little premonition of like, you see how calm things are now, but, you know, it's the storm. He's still... Uh, he There's a sense of calm around, but yet with the music... There, there's a form of tension going yeah. on that isn't necessarily prevalent to the character in the film just yet. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Sorry, my dog is... Uh... He's wearing tap shoes today. Yeah, he's... <clears throat> he thinks it's Halloween. He's being great. <laughs> he wants some candy. <laughs> <clears throat> so, yeah, now he's on the couch and he'll be quiet. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, even... Even then, like, I... I still, like, I... I still love that idea of this killer that has a personality and doesn't speak and is just kind of like a predator in a sense where you don't see him, but he sees you. Mm-hmm. And like even if you read some of the novelizations, like uh, the 2018 novelization, um, which I, I got for free on Audible <laughs> because I'm a member. You are a fucking fan of this franchise. <laughs> Jesus well, Christ, man. So there, well, there, there's a part in the book where um, <clears throat> it, it's right after the wrought iron scene in Halloween 2018 where the kid gets impaled. Yeah, that seems... that You know, that movie's awesome. I like it a lot. I watched it for the second time again. It was fucking cool. Second, you fucking amateur. I know. I watched... <laughs> oh, well, for a Halloween movie, that's a lot for me. Right well... You know what's even creepier is, like, when you see, Like, obviously, it came out around the same time as the movie, so it's really cool to read, to, like, listen to the book, and get kind of, like, a screen-for-screen picture. Like, yeah, that's exactly how it was. I mean, there are some obvious different things in the book. Like, they talk about where the Myers house is and what happened to it, because I was like... Right, yeah. I was like, you can't really... Every Halloween movie, almost every Halloween movie, except for H2O... And the third one, obviously, it's like references the Myers house in some way, hmm. and they didn't even reference it in the movie. Good. Well, leave that shit behind. Well, <laughs> it's the thing that's like they didn't reference it, but they brought it up as to like it's kind of funny because you know they reference it and they say that it was used like kids would use it for like satanic, uh, like rituals, like a bunch of like <laughs> I think they said <laughs> I think it was a. Uh, uh, Oh, what the fuck is that guy's name? The sh- the cop in Halloween. Um, uh, 
Damn it. Yeah, he's that memorable, I'll tell you. No, he is. He, Will Patton. There we go. Oh, Will, yeah, Will Patton. Oh, yeah. The, okay. Will Patton, like, the, <laughs> I just picture him saying, he's like, yeah, some dipshit black metal band tried to do a photo shoot there. And <laughs> they said what they did is they actually knocked the house down and turned it into, like, a memorial garden. Um, there's a, a scene that's actually a deleted scene in the movie, but it's in the book where um, Allison is jogging. And she comes across like a dog that's hung up in a tree. Eee. And you look like the camera pans down the street and you see Michael. Like he's not in his, uh, it, it's right after he escaped. So uh, okay. he's in the hospital gown and everything. Hmm. Um, but yeah, like stuff like that's, it's always interesting. Like in the comics, you know, you can't really find them anymore. And what's, they did a, a whole spin off series um, of Lord Strode after the events of Halloween. And that those are pretty cool too. Um, it explains like what happened to Jimmy from the second Halloween and just how fucked up things you, were for her. Man, you fucking love Halloween, man. <laughs> <laughs> you almost love it as much as my one another one of my movies that really uh, got Al- me into horror Alien? movies. No, no, Aliens. Al- Aliens. The sequel. <laughs> the sequel. The, uh, the original Alien is awesome. I'll, yeah. I'll give it that. That's a that's a slasher movie. It really is. If you look at it, it's a slasher movie in space, for the most part. So, so, so basically, Jason X, Hellraiser, Bloodlines, and Leprechaun 4 all ripped off Alien. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> if you think about it, yeah. Um, so yeah, that, it's a slasher movie, and I, and I love slasher movies, but I also like a lot of action in my fucking movies, too. Aliens is a, a awesome dose of horror and action. I'm sure people are going to say, oh, it's a sci-fi movie. But, it, yeah, sure, it takes, you know, place in fucking space. What, what it doesn't of, make it, it make a sci-fi movie, though. What kind of movie is it? a sci-fi movie? You <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to hear my stupid voice again, didn't you? Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, Aliens is my favorite movie of all time. I saw it in the theater when I was six years old. And I, I only remember a few parts from when I was six years old, from what I saw on the screen. And then, of course, uh, we got a bootleg tape of it. Uh, we, we recorded it off, like, Cinemax or some shit. And it finally came out onto, you know, cable. And, yeah, I can do that, nearly that whole movie line for line. Uh, there's so much great action in that film. James Cameron is, he's my favorite director. Uh, I think he's probably one of the best directors ever. Uh, mostly because I, I like how he likes to do all this shit himself, in a way. Uh, he's a big micromanager, uh, big big micromanager. But hey, look what comes out on screen. Yeah, look at the movies he put out there. Like you, Avatar, which I know a lot of people don't like. They call it the, the blue fucking dances with wolves. Uh, then Titanic. I know that's. I mean, I'm not a big fan of Titanic, but I got to give that movie props because that movie at that time was a fucking masterpiece with their with their special effects. Yeah, visually it was. Yes. How I mean, you couldn't imagine any other any movie like that at that time and to have all the James Cameron's hands in there and all that money and all that fucking shit that's going So would on. you say Titanic is a visually stunning movie trapped in a love story? Uh <laughs> sure. Like for, like like Pearl Harbor, Pearl Harbor visually stunning, but no, no, trapped yeah. in a love story. Yeah. Um uh, but don't ever, ever, ever compare Michael Bay to fucking James Cameron again, okay? Uh, unless it's action. But and, and Michael Bay can't even do fucking action all that great, okay? But when you come to James Cameron, though, 
you you can just see everything in that movie to a fine point. Um, and what I like about James Cameron too is I actually there was a video on YouTube uh, off there's this channel called Alien Theory and it's all about the movie Aliens and right when that movie came out uh, James Cameron put something in one of those sci-fi magazines I forgot which one I think like Starlog or something right after Aliens came out and he wrote like hey you guys have any questions about the movie I'll answer them and people wrote in and he answered all the questions and some of them were like hey why is this kind of weird it really didn't flow in the movie and he was like well that's because um, I had to cut that scene out of the film uh, what is that whole scene in Aliens where they have the, tur- the sentry guns and that whole part was taken off of the original theatrical release and was then put into um, TV releases Yeah. and I remember seeing it like on Aliens on TV I'm like yeah Aliens is on and I was like oh it's going to be cut to shit and then they showed these parts I'm like whoa what parts are these <laughs> I was like holy shit and um, so yeah he answered these people's questions like yeah we had to cut that move part out and uh, that person's motivation is because of this, and uh, yeah, we met Newt's parents and her brother in this cut, so that's why all these things are kind of didn't flow the way they did. But when he put out his cut, everything just flowed a bit better, and your character development was better too. So, uh, but anyway, uh, I just Aliens is without doubt to me the greatest film ever made, and that really gave me my my direction. Of what kind of films I like. Yeah, you know when you find that one movie and it opens up Pandora's box, um, but especially with horror because there there's some really great movies, but there's also like some I don't want to say shit, but there's some that you know. Again, it's like you know you, you watch it and you like it for what it is. You don't you don't go in there expecting like to see uh, you know. An Academy Award performance from no. <laughs> but I think you know what I think that's a problem though um, I think a lot of these horror movies I think now more than ever are becoming more sophisticated I would say and have a lot more in the story and you have better actors you look at a movie like Midsummer, which is a horror movie the fucking acting is great the, the cinematography is fucking beautiful in this yeah. movie uh, then you, you got movies like um, uh, The Witch or uh, House of the Devil House of the Devil that one you know what actually with House of the Devil Joe Bob actually talked me in, into liking that movie even more because we watched he did that movie on, uh, for his show yeah uh, The Last Drive-In dude and he talked me because I was always like eh, it's no, Larry movie. Larry <laughs> <laughs> which I mean uh, he turned me around in that movie and I gave it another chance and with that other chance, I, I liked it a lot more, actually. Yeah, you know, um, I think a lot of it, too, like, with this new breed of, I don't want to say new breed of filmmakers, but a lot of these guys that just kind of came up into a lot of independent stuff, like, you know, Ty West and... Yeah, Adam Wingard. Adam Wingard. No. I mean, look at a movie like You're Next. I mean, that movie... Yeah, movies that, you know... I mean, that movie is in basically one location for the mm-hmm. entire hour and a half, hour, 45 minutes. And it's still, like, you don't get bored of it. You don't get... You know what's so great about that movie is that, yeah, it does take place pretty much inside one house, but you're never really felt 
that you're claustrophobic at all. Yeah, well, they spread it out. It's very, yeah, there's so many different set pieces in this movie that that they make their own. Like, that dining room is a centerpiece to that whole house, and they're able to come back to that at any time and go somewhere else in the house. Which, yeah, it is a big house, so... But the, the, the way it's represented and the scope of this house makes it seem so much bigger and you're not, you don't feel really confined at all. Yeah. And plus, too, when you have a character like Aaron in your movie um, who, uh, who is a survivor and everything and you follow her on her trip, you never really feel that you're in danger because you're behind her and you get to learn her halfway through the movie and then this movie turns around and becomes, you know, kind of a, a, a more of a revenge flick and less of a, a home invasion film. Yeah, and, you know, one thing, too, is a lot of these subgenres that get created accidentally, um, you know, like home invasion film, one of the most, one of the more infamous ones, uh, I'm going to say The Strangers. You know, I've never seen The Strangers. What, really? No, I haven't. I... I don't know, man. It, it kind of seems like um, like a, a real, I want to say this word again, nihilistic kind of movie to where uh, it kind of, it seems like it leaves you at the end kind of empty in a way. Am I right on that or am I off? Well, <clears throat> yes and no because usually, I mean, I, I enjoy sometimes movies where there's not like that typical happy ending. Um, oh yeah, I like those too. Because, and... Like, I think a more nihilistic movie is Funny Games. Yes. Yes. Um, (laughs) I would say that's more nihilistic than The Strangers. Okay. Um, I think The Strangers Pray at Night. I I enjoyed that one, too, and there's always a sense... The thing that was really creepy about um, The Strangers is there's that sense of isolation because they bring up, like, this is a farmhouse, nearest neighbor is, you know, ten miles away, so there's already that sense of isolation. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. and I'm surprised. Well, I'm surprised you've never seen The Strangers because that just—I mean, the way that movie is shot is amazing. Okay. Um, oh, 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 I do have to check that movie out eventually. The Strangers Pray at Night, though, was—I I enjoyed it. Um, okay. Christina Hendricks looking nice in that one. Oh yeah. Oh, nice. All right, I'm in. <laughs> I am in. Do you um? Do you ever? You know her husband is. You ever seen that dude? <laughs> oh man, you gotta see this guy. Um, he's, he's an actor also. He The movies I can remember him from are Super Troopers uh-huh. and Devil, the one in, in the, um, uh, the elevator. elevator, right? Um, yeah, you look him up right now while I keep talking. So, um, another one of my movies that's... I am so glad we do the podcast this way. <laughs> when someone says something, like, I don't have to say, stop, stop. <laughs> uh, one of the other movies that, that formed my childhood was Jaws. That was a huge one. I yeah, I think it's it's uh, Jeffrey. Yeah, you see his picture yet? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I know, man. Are you look at him? You're like, wow, I could totally land her. <laughs> uh, but Jaws uh, makes me wonder, just the first one. Though. It makes me wonder if this was like a uh, if if it doesn't happen in a few years, I'll settle. <laughs> yeah, he he's probably very funny. Uh, <laughs> uh, or packing or packing a mule. You never know. I was never a big fan of the Jaws sequels. They always lacked, like, the second one, the third one, and the fourth one especially. And I never really got into the Italian ones were just big, huge, cheap rip-offs of the original. But um, that movie 
of course, scared everyone to get in the water. It didn't matter yeah. necessarily if it was a lake, ocean, or pool even. It still scared the shit out of you because you can't see what's in the water all the time. You, you're not, you don't have, you're not, I guess, omniscient of the pool seeing as that you're in it. Well, I, I remember, um, this was probably about like 15, 20 years ago when they did like an anniversary edition of Jaws. They did like an advertisement and they put posters all over the beach of Jaws. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it freaked people out and they're like, well, people don't want to go in the water. And that's like, well... <laughs> That's what happens in '76. Well, they just think it's like this is Lake Michigan. <laughs> yeah, there's no sharks here. Um, um, although there was a fucking alligator in one of our lagoons here. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, that's the thing is, like, it makes it it has an effect on like you're afraid to do something like, um, like slasher movies made people afraid to be alone. You know, mm-hmm. it made kids upset when their parents left them with a babysitter to go out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Halloween right there. You know, Friday the 13th made people afraid to go in the woods and misbehave. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to take it that dirty, but... Um, <laughs> you know, it's just that... The the, re, the things that harbor reality, like, you know, something supernatural like Pet Cemetery. Mm. But there's actually a real deeper thing in Pet Cemetery. Where they, you know, they go into like windigos and everything. Yeah, they and, they, uh, they cut that out kind of. Well, oh, and see that that's really, it's a real shame because that's you know, that's a very that's actually a figure I would like to see made a windigo. Windigo. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, because you know, have you ever seen like a drawing of a windigo or? Oh, the only windigo I can think of is from uh, X Men comic books. The Wendu, he's like a big white beast. And I remember the video game, too. You remember the X-Men video game? Yeah. Where they had, like, either four controllers or six. And, like, he was, like, the fifth boss, I think, you fought. He, and all I said was, Wendigo! And he'd come and, like, slash you and fuck you up. That's the only Wendigo I could think of. Well, um... And see, there, there's actually a another video game, too, Until Dawn, that... Yeah, I played that. Yeah, Or, actually, Jesselyn played that. Focuses, she liked a lot. It focuses <laughs> okay. on, like... Windigos and the whole yeah, it takes like seems like it takes a turn in that game to it does, well because you look at it and it's like oh this is gonna be a slasher game that's right, awesome yeah and then you get to like the third act and it's like oh this is something isn't... different yeah yeah I mean the quick synopsis is like the typical you know teens get together for a party and these set of twins die or you think they die and one of them actually if I remember correctly feasts off the flesh of the dead one to survive. See, that's what we need Jessalyn here. She beat the game. So, yeah. I, you know what? I got pretty close to beating it and then I, something happened and I just got distracted. Uh, I think she beat beat it probably like three or four times now with all the different endings yeah. and stuff. See, that was the cool save. that was a really cool thing about the game is like there were a thousand different and like not a thousand, but I mean many, many endings. Yes. Yeah, and it all depends on you as a character like something as simple as it went off the butterfly fly effect. Like if you do this one thing, it'll alter this, that, and everything right. else. So, but going back to what I mean, the, the one thing that will link everyone together is the love of horror, and mm-hmm. everyone has their their uh, cross to bear as far as like characters go. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people love Freddy, some people love Jason, some people love Michael Myers. That's some you. Pe- some people love Alien. I mean, in our group, I think it was pretty. 
we had you that loved Alien, Luca who loved Predator, so right. that, that that always led for interesting conversations. Um, you know, I was actually <coughs> thinking about that, and I, I brought up a point that one time, and I asked, like, if you were to run into either one of these, an alien or a predator, in, like, some locked room, who would you rather be locked in with, the alien or the predator? The predator. Yeah, absolutely, the predator, because the alien is just going to go kill you. Yeah. That's what they do. They're just a killing machine. Predator is just going to be like, well, does he, uh, is this sports, or who is this guy? Is he a threat? You know, and I can just, like, probably take all my clothes off and be like, dude, I got nothing, man, and he'd probably leave me alone. But the alien, no, man, they'll either... Eat you, eat your brain, or or put you, or harvest you. Yeah, or because you, aliens have that. Uh, I think I brought it up too. They have that hive mentality of yeah. they're they're drones. There's no other function for them except to preserve the colony. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Where predators are assholes and just for themselves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're basically what the jocks from high school turned out to be <laughs> if, if they stayed in shape and got really good jobs. It's like, it's not like, hey, check out my Ferrari. It's like, hey, check out my mounted cannon on my shoulder. Yeah. Look at the heads on my wall. <laughs> check out my new face mask. <laughs> I don't mean to shit on Predator. I love Predator too, but I just love aliens a lot more. Yeah, I think, I think it's been really hard to uh, tell a compelling story with Predator lately. Um, well, you know why? It's because it's been pretty much the same movie each and every time. Well, it's like you say with Jaws, like it's it's like a Jaws sequel. I mean, I, you could say the same thing about Halloween. So before anyone can say you know that to me, it's yeah, I get it. You're telling the same story over again. You're just introducing new characters. But it's the same thing with Jaws. You're telling the same story, but you're right. just yeah. in a different situation. Jaws is a, a that's. That's a good and bad example because you're 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 just pretty much putting yourself in water for the most part. Unless yeah. you're talking about Part Three, which they they take it into the amusement park, Sea World, and shit. Um, and they do that terrible Photoshop where oh god, Jones, where Jones is like a thousand <laughs> times bigger than than what he's going after, and he's just you know what I'm saying. Yeah, just, there's that cardboard cutout scene. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know what you're it's talking just about. Standing still. Yeah, it's like, like oh, the Louis Gossett Jr. is like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I know what scene. Oh, man, I, I love. Me I some, love that scene. I love it. me some LGJ. Oh, dude, enemy mine, baby. <laughs> I love me some LGJ and some LDP. New Diamond Phillips. Hell yeah, dude, bats. Uh, but uh, with Predator, like the first movie is great. It, it takes place in the jungle. And the second movie, I think, and I am. In the very, very big majority, think that part two is better than part one. I love part two. <clears throat> but would you say it's better than part one? I like it more than part one, I'll say that. I, it's a good movie, and I think a, a lot of people shit on Predator 2. But uh, when you go from there, you have Predators, which I liked because, you know what? Actually, you know what? Predator has gone in a different direction in each and every one because you. It's it. They're upgrading each and every time because you look at Predator Two. Now they're in the city. Now they do a Predators, and they're now you're getting more than one this time for well, the majority of the movie. See the one thing they're doing, and when I say sequels to Predator, like I didn't enjoy the last one. Not me either. I think it was just a little overhyped. I'm like, really? That's I'm like, eh, whatever. But I think it, I don't necessarily think it was overhyped. I think it was it was kind of elementary in a way because. Or juvenile. Because a lot of the jokes fall flat. It just seems like it was a movie that was meant to to come out in the 90s. Because it has the 90s humor in it. 
And I kind of feel the same way about all these Rob Zombie movies, too. They, they, they left that decade. They never left that decade from which they were supposed to be from. Well, the thing, though, too, with Rob Zombie movies is... Rob Zombie movies, I mean, I like... I'm not going to shit on his movies. I will. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I liked... I, I thought, you know, House of a Thousand Corpses was okay. I don't have the same kind of fandom that people have towards it. I'll watch it. I, I like it, but I'm not going to say it's, like, one of the coolest movies ever. Devil's Rejects, I loved. I thought that was a really well-done movie. Um, of course, his Halloweens are, you know, people... People are really critical on that. Yes. Right, well, rightfully so, because yeah. it's you're taking something that so many people love. Like, I mean, I, I liked the first one. I thought the first... His retelling of it was okay. I, 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 no, I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I mean, you have a... I didn't think you needed a big imposing figure mm-hmm. but that's his storytelling style yeah I mean, his he's a very um he changed it up man he switched it up a little bit from the first he one. changed I it give up. him that i'll give him that. well the thing is is like when he does something you know i think he his mindset is you're not going to be afraid of somebody who is you know five foot eleven and 120 pounds <laughs> um and like you, and it's cool because it takes away like the need for how do you explain that this small person is superhumanly strong? Mm-hmm. You put a big yeah. fucking guy in that position. Yeah. And Taylor Maine, man, he he was awesome. Like he, I mean, that whole cast was pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. I I didn't like how Lori was like bubbly and you know how she was different from kind of the first one. Yeah, where you had Jamie Lee who was like really reserved mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, she was more of like a girl next door. It seemed like. Yeah, well, what well, I guess you could say, like for the millennium, Laurie Strode was that typical, you know, girl next different door. Different times, yeah, really, basically. Okay. Uh, I'm just rambling. <laughs> There's a little too much caffeine in that coffee, but um. Oh, but I get what you're saying with Rob Zombie, and I can understand why people like him, and but I, I'm done with these shitty like. Um, these like soliloquies or, or uh, just different stories that their, their characters tell that include like jizz jokes and stuff. It's just like well, it's not funny. What man. I was gonna <laughs> say is he's kind of like the Adam Sandler of horror movies. Like they have that real juvenile humor, but then they also have like that one super wacky character that is in every Adam Sandler movie. And, yeah, know, it's usually like it's usually a Steve Buscemi or. Yeah. A, uh, <laughs> And, and I'm not shitting on Steve Buscemi when I say that either, because he, oh, he's awesome. those characters he plays are like a, you know, a Big Daddy, the, the homeless guy. Oh, <laughs> See, I'm not a big fan of Adam Sandler either. I guess it's just me. <laughs> but one thing I do like about the Sandler movies is he'll bring in guys like Colin Quinn, and I think Colin Quinn's fucking hilarious. I think Colin Quinn's funny, too. And he'll play, like, he plays that bitter character so well. <laughs> um, but what, okay, well, we're... Fuck Rob Zombie. Uh, what's another movie, What's another movie that really stuck with you as a kid? Man, um, Manum. Uh, arachnophobia. Arachnophobia was one because that was, you know, that's something that's relatable because spiders are, you know, creepy. Um, so you you're not a fan of spiders? Is that what you? I, I don't are you mind, still, I don't still mind. scared of them? Well, well, yeah, I see. Okay, I see. You have a tattoo of a a, a spider on you. I, I, I have the cold spider tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> so you you afraid of spiders? Not 
Well, it's a, well, uh, yes, or, <laughs> yes or no, Ed? Look, yes or no? What's so hard about it? Well, I wouldn't say like if I see one, I won't like freak out. But if like I'm walking and one like descends from a web, I'll be like, oh Jesus! No. <laughs> um, my wife, my wife witnessed that firsthand. <laughs> um, well, there was a, there was actually like a really big wolf spider in my garage um, when she was in uh, Dallas on her trip. Oh, uh, did you call her? Can you come home and kill it? Please? No, I got in my car and I was going to run it over. I was going to back over. <laughs> I thought you were going to drive away. Like, oh, I can't come back to this house. You can have it. <laughs> did you leave the spider to snack so it'll be fine? <laughs> yeah, I left. It. I left and didn't tell my wife. <laughs> No, but I actually, like, I was going to get in my car and just back over it. And then I decided... Jeez, dude. That will... Dude, the thing was huge. I, like, Is it bigger than your foot? I heard... Like, I could hear it walk. That's how big <laughs> it was. Like, I heard this. Ah, oh, jeez. Um, well, th- actually, what I did is I just took a leaf blower and, like... <laughs> and it scurried away. And I'm like, you could stay in that scene between the garage and driveway, and that's fine. There's actually one out here that made a really cool web, but uh, unfortunately, when we had a huge storm, it blew away. Aww. <laughs> um, so, arachnophobia really fucked with you, though. Like, you know, you really in that movie, it never was like the big spiders that the scared you. The little ones, yeah. Well, and you know, like I watched that movie again recently, and I was always so captivated by this. I, like, I wouldn't like putting my hand under a lamp just in case one came down and, like, bit me. Oh, um, <clears throat> the shower scene was... Oh, yeah. Because those little fuckers jumped. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, that was one um, child's play because, you know, I had sisters growing up and they always had, like, dolls. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they didn't have. They didn't have. I am learning so much today <laughs> about how much of a chicken shit you are. This is wonderful. <laughs> Fuck you. And I'm so happy I want to do this segment because I get to find out all the things that scare you. And what's funny is I, I offered to show you some of the chokeouts I learned. <laughs> you just <laughs> called me a chicken shit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess we're not doing those today. <laughs> um, no, but uh, well, that's the thing too. Like, I think that's one reason why I became so entrenched in horror is because you see these things that frightened you so much but then like that fear turns into curiosity turns into yeah exactly um, that's like, I know it, what you it, mean. It, it turns into something that like somewhat of an obsession in wanting to learn more and yeah think about it even more mine and, was zombies yeah well and that's the other thing too zombie movies never scared me like oh they scared me they yeah. well that's a, you know like I could watch Night of the Living Dead and like it's not until I had my first nightmare that involved zombies, and it wasn't even, like, so much them being around. It was the aftermath, like... Yes, exactly. Like, I was... I, I can recall this the first time I ever had one of those nightmares, and it was just me, like, walking down the alley of my old neighborhood and just no one being around. Like, it just being void yeah. and empty. That's I, that's what scares and me the most about zombies. Aren't the zombies themselves. It's that you're... I put myself in this situation as the characters in that movie, and I ask myself, what would I do in that situation? And then the scary part is, is that who the fuck knows what I would do in yeah, that situation? you don't. No. Like, I mean... And it's weird because as you get older, your uh, your perception of what's scary changes. Like, I was telling my wife uh, last week I had a nightmare that I 
I felt like I was in this thing for an eternity, and I was only asleep for two hours. Um, yeah. And it was it was frightening. Like it was probably that dream only lasted like ten seconds anyway altogether. <laughs> well, it was pretty detailed, but like when it got visceral, it got mm-hmm. like it was uh, basically the whole the meat of the dream was I was. At work, Steph was with me because she was, you know, translating something mm-hmm. for people. But anyway, it got to the end where I was in like a public place, like it was like a stadium or something. And this guy was arguing with a girl, and she tried to call the police. He took the phone from her, yelled "suck my dick," hung up on her, hung up on the police. And then he had a huge knife, and he came towards me, and I was like, "All right, I mean, I've." been studying jujitsu for a while i probably i mean i like i've learned how to like disarm Disarm. people like yeah i've learned how to like put someone in a restraining lock and if they have a weapon to keep it away and knock it away from so i tried putting that move in and it's like the knife just flipped around and the backside of it like sliced my arm and then this is like right around when i hurt my ribs and i think this is why i had that dream i felt the pain right here and it was him jabbing the knife in me i was gonna say you're not afraid of blood too are you no okay good um, <laughs> but I mean, it's just stuff like that. I mean, yeah. we we all like you grew up watching horror, and I kind of grew into watching horror. I like to say, um, I think there's a class. There are two types of horror fans. There are the people that love horror just for what it is, and then there are the people that kind of grow and develop into becoming like true diehard fans that will always love it no matter what. Like. It's almost like loving metal. Metal is not something you're into. You kind of, yeah, you're worked into it a bit. Yeah, it's it's not something that you, you know, grow out of. If you love metal, you love metal till the day they put you in the dirt. If you love horror, it's not a casual thing. It's not right, a, yeah. it's, what's the, it's not a phase, you know, it's... It's just a phase with all these slashers and monsters. I mean, the industry looks at it as a phase because they... They take something and, you know, they milk it for everything it's worth yeah. until you're... Oh, horror ain't no phase, baby. Well, it's not, but unfortunately, like I said, genres become phases, like slashers. Well, uh, yeah, subgenres, yes. Yeah, slashers were big in the 80s. And They'll then... come back. Zombies, same thing. Yeah. They, they all come back around. Well, fucking look at it. They're redoing all the Halloweens and Child's Play. Did you... Actually, you know what? Lion King and shit. Halloween, they're actually shooting it after Labor Day this week. But, you know, if that hurricane heads that way, it's going to be a little oh, shit. hard. Um, but, no, I mean, uh, it's going to be interesting to see where they take it. They're actually uh, they're bringing back uh, two kids from the... Well, one of the actors... Yeah, uh, I saw that. Yeah, they're yeah. bringing... Uh, Lindsay. Yeah, Kyle, Kyle Richards, I think, mm-hmm. is her name. Yeah. They tried to get Brian Hedges, they just couldn't find him, so they got... Uh, <laughs> uh, what did they get? Uh, Anthony Michael Hall? Or yeah, Anthony Michael Hall, right. Yeah, yeah. to play Tommy Doyle, so... It'll be cool to see cool. what they do. And yeah, we'll see. I, there, there's actually, there's going to be some flashback scenes too, I think, because they were doing the casting call and they're like, we need people that have cars from the 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said that they need someone with a ventriloquist and a ventriloquist dummy. <laughs> and they're looking for a set of, they're looking for a set of triplets. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so, I don't know, but, yeah, let's, it'll be interesting to see what happens. And I'm just interested in all the shit that scares you still, man. I'm saying, it's you not, know, it doesn't scare me now. <laughs> it's shit that scared me when I was a kid. I mean, I mean, hell, if you're afraid of plants, you shouldn't watch The Happening then. I've seen The Happening. Oh, you all right? 
<laughs> you see all this vegetation around me, cocksucker? <laughs> around you? I mean, you, you, do you not touch it like the spider you had to shoo away? That thing was enormous. <laughs> <laughs> so was that plant. <laughs> uh, one, of the other, one of the other things that really freaked me out, too... Um, when you're a kid or right now. <laughs> yeah. no, it was when I was a kid with seaweed. Because I think someone told me a story of like seaweed grabbing someone and like drowning them. So, <laughs> I was a stupid kid and I, turned, yeah. and I turned into a stupid man. So <laughs> Seaweed. Oh. Um, but, no, I mean, it's... I think I turned out okay. <laughs> I, you know... Uh, Slashers growing up never really scared me, and I know the Halloween was kind of creepy to you, and that never really scared me. It shaped me in a little way, and the only little way—well, uh, there's a couple of ways—but the, the biggest little way is um, with the slasher genre, and especially with uh, Friday the Thirteenth, uh, three and on, was that it was packed with breasts. <laughs> And that was uh, that was formidable times for me too. I was a young boy watching these movies, and I get to see these things you that were, I love, and I have no reason to really love these. You I have were, no idea why I love these things, but there are all these different shapes and sizes, and you I were, want to see more of them. You were blooming. As a, yes, as a young exactly. Man, yes, so, I, and I think that also played a big part <laughs> in my life too. Was the the Jason movies because of the nude scenes and because of frolicking breasts and stuff so um and yeah sure i'm a pervert i've said it many times before it doesn't make you just i don't care just because you like just because you like tits doesn't make you a pervert yeah well it's if it's if you go up and like spy on somebody or fondle somebody that makes you a well well all right you know what don't agree so no i'm not i agree with that but then there's also something that came out called the internet where you can spy on fucking everyone okay well, if they put a camera in their room willingly, then it's... I'm not, well, rooms... And there's cameras everywhere. I'm sure you look out your door right over here, out into your yard and to the street, and I bet there's a camera on that light pole up there. I don't know. I know there's, like, the, uh, the sensor for, like... Uh, ah, for, for speeding? No, for... Uh, well, because we have a firehouse right down here, so... Like, they have that sensor if, you know, fire engine or ambulance is coming. No, it's it makes up the frequency. Get the hell out of the way kind of thing. Well, yeah, yeah and it's also because... You know, you can see right here. I mean, we saw there's a kind of a blind corner by um, that yeah, my street. Me. So, okay, my question to you now is: this, is this an AMA? What the fuck are we doing? Now? Ask it anything. Um, AEA. <laughs> what was your What was the first horror movie you saw in the theater? Do you remember it? Or the last one you can remember? Or the earliest horror movie memory you have in the theater? Was it uh, Halloween 4 or 5 or 6? <laughs> First off, I, I was 2 when Halloween 4 came out. You asshole. Oh, you were only 2? I was born in 86. Oh, shit. I saw that in, in the home video <laughs> when I was like 7 or 8. So. A lot of my horror viewing, like, I, I got into, like, the older horror movies. So, like, I, again, I loved Halloween. So I went back to watch that catalog, obviously. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, the Nightmare on Elm Street series. So the big guys, the big ones. Those were a lot. And then when I, like, when I was in high school and I was, like, really engulfed in that um, love of horror, I would always watch, especially during the summer, IFC 
would show. Oh, they would show cool. Yeah, they would show, and that's like where I saw movies like Alone in the Dark, uh, Madman. Uh huh. Um, what else? They showed Halloween like almost every fucking week too. Well, of course. Um, I'm better. But then Maniac, and then The Burning. That's a really good one. Yeah, um, you know that one with the Jason Alexander. Yeah, the young Jason Alexander. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's um, in there, and Holly Hunter's in there. Yeah, uh, that movie's so cool because it was cut to shit for a while, and then they released it. I'm gonna say back in like 2007, uncut. I believe I'm correct on that one. Well, there, that movie does have a really some really vicious scenes in it. Like yeah, the, the boat scene. Oh yeah, this is awesome. And that's actually, you know, if you love practical effects, that's one scene you have to watch because oh yeah, the uh, cutting and the yeah. editing and that. Well, the way Tom Savini says it, he's like, you know, we did that with real shears and plastic and uh, rubber shears. Mm-hmm. The trick is, if you're gonna miss, you have to miss with the real shears to show the damage it does. Yeah, you, so that way, it's you, the sound of yeah. something giving you the weight of what it is. It's giving you those those subliminal hints of being real. Uh, one of those big scenes that you're, you're kind of talking about happens in, um, well, one of them is, is uh, Friday the 13th, where, I want to say the first one, where the axe is brought up and it hits the light and it makes a clink. Yeah. And it's telling you, oh, that's real. And then it stabs homegirl in the head. Right? And that's, and that's just so small, but it makes such an impact. You really don't even notice it unless you look for it, kind of, you know? Um, but my movie that I saw, I can remember seeing one of the first ones in the theater was um, The People Under the Stairs, which was a different movie than I thought it was going to be. I actually remember my sister uh, watching that. And we were, man, we were really, this was a really long time ago. And I remember the scene where, um, I forget the girl's name, but she's like thrown in that scalding hot bath. Oh, yeah. And she's screaming bloody murder. Like, I remember... My sister and I watched that, and my dad actually, like, coming towards the room to see what we were, like, he's like, what the fuck are you watching? <laughs> he did that again, too, with me, actually. Um, this was a, this was a, before I moved out here. Um, I forgot what movie, I think it was Initiation or something. It started out with just this blood-curdling scream. <laughs> and he, like, ran, he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> so it, it was, I didn't realize how loud it was, but, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I'm sorry. Continue. Oh no, uh, yeah. For people under the stairs, like I, I remember I was begging to see that movie, and it wasn't a situation where like, oh my god, I had to beg my parents to go see this horror movie. It was more of just begging because it's a movie I really wanted to see, and they were like, oh, I don't know horror movies, and no, it was just like, all right, fine, we're gonna take this nine-year-old jerk to go see a movie right now. Yeah, we're just gonna shut him up, shut this asshole up, <laughs> and get his horror fill on. And I don't know where he gets it from, and then. Yeah, it took me to go see it, and I got to see uh, people under the stairs in the theater, like, opening weekend, I want to say. And yeah, it must have been, like, eight or nine years old. And I was fucking loving this shit. Because that, that, was, that was, what, like, 95? 94? Uh, no, that was, like, 91, I want to oh, say. Oh, wow, really? 90, okay. 90 91, I want to say. Oh, yeah, yeah I remember when, when we watched it, we were... It was on Showtime, I think. So... It was probably 93, 94. Mm. Um, yeah, but that was... And then, you know, as you get older and you... you Like, I think one of the things that kind of spoiled me to a lot of the newer horror movies is loving the older ones so much more because I, I really hate when movies get predictable. Uh-huh. Like, that's why I thought Scream, like, would Scream... 
I could use that as one of my earlier memories too. Oh, okay. We, I, yeah, I, I am forgetting you're a bit of a younger man than I. Thank you. Um, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, so there's salt and pepper in your beard, and yeah, but, hey man, it's it's fucking um, it's spicy. Because <laughs> <laughs> you spilled some uh, po' boy seasoning into oh, it. Shit. Uh, I remember uh, when Scream came out on home video, and this this was like 1996, and the reason why I remember this is because I think I told when we were doing this origin thing before on the old Peninsula Horror. Um, the opening scene with Drew Barrymore and how intense that scene is and how much tension there is. Like, even my dad, who doesn't really like horror movies, he doesn't like the blood and gut shit. Um, <laughs> my, my dad's a very old-school old type guy. Like, if there was a live-action version of Hank Hill... So it, it, would be, it would be my dad, except he doesn't sell propane and propane accessories. Um, so, anyway. so he watches a lot of meat TV then, right? You know what? One of, one of, one of his favorite shows was uh, when I would come home from work. One of his favorite shows was uh, was it Gunsmoke or Emergen- Emergency? Oh, Did that old show from. Like, I would come home and there I would see a bunch of. Uh, a bunch of uh, bouffants and <laughs> a bunch of bouffants and long hairs, you know. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I remember, yeah. So we were watching Scream, and we had just moved to the new place we were at, and uh, my sister's friends would stay with us periodically over the summer because their parents would like go to some convention uh, for their work, and we were all just watching this movie. We had ordered a pizza, and I guess we'd forgotten about it because we were so uh, in-depth. <laughs> like, we, everyone had, like, tunnel vision to the TV and, like, and, like... Just, You're just into it. You're, yeah. We, yeah, Glued. We, we were sucked into it because it was so frightening. And I remember Drew Barrymore's phone rang, um, and it's, it's the part where she's, like, she's already in tears and she's crying. Mm. And she says, I'm calling the police, and her phone rings, and she screams... Our doorbell rang, and everyone in that fucking room jumped. <laughs> and, and that's that's the power of horror. That is what makes it awesome. When you can get a collective group of people with different personalities together, but they all react to the same thing. Right. That's what makes it so great. Yeah, and that movie is great. That's it. It, it brought back horror. It really did. Yeah, and uh, it, it slowly and gradually it brought it back. And then we hit the 2000s finally, and then we started getting better stuff, you know. Uh, DVDs were way more frequent now, too, where they can start putting out some of these old classics, and yeah. then they can just put out these directed videos a lot cheaper, too, because um, DVDs are a lot cheaper to produce than VHS tapes, and then that just kind of just took off, and people had a, a larger library. Yeah, and you know... Um I think one thing that kind of one thing that kind of like again I sound like a real snob when I say this and I don't intend to be yeah you do okay whatever <laughs> um, I look at certain types of like horror the way I look at comedy um, you know and we were talking about this earlier if someone is being funny and they're using offensive stuff that, like, you know, today would get them in trouble. Uh-huh. If it's tasteful, 
Not, not so much tasteful if it's done right. Like if they're yeah. if they're being offensive for the sake of being funny, it, it, I, it's, it, they're it's, being exploitative in a wrong kind of way. Well, like I look at a guy like Jim Norton. Jim Norton's a really funny stand-up, and his jokes are really, really punchy. Mm-hmm. But they have that sting where it's like he'll say something terrible, but it'll be so fucking hilarious that. It's just the build-up. It's the lead-up to mm-hmm. it. Um, whereas you could have someone who just says offensive things because they want to be outrageous. and Yeah, they're just explaining this shit just to, to get attention. a reaction. Right. Like, like there was that uh, that Nicole Arbor chick who did the Dear Fat People video. Oh, yeah, her. And, well, she says she considered herself a stand-up for doing that. Uh-huh. And um, I remember it was actually on Jim Norton's show. She got a lot of backlash for that. Yeah. She got a lot. Well, she was saying like, "Well, it's like being a stand-up, except you know, instead of getting heckled, it's like you get hate, and it's like right there in front of you." And uh, Tom Papa, who's another stand-up comedian, looked at her. and He's like, "No, it's not. It's not stand-up." <laughs> and you know, that's one of those things where it's like you're being offensive because you think one, you're being funny. And I'm not saying this as a fat gentleman. I'm saying uh-huh. this as like someone who. I, I didn't like cry over it. I'm not like, oh, take her down. I mean, you have the right to say whatever the fuck you want, but understand something. You're never gonna be safe from the tyranny of the mob. Oh yeah. You say, and you know, yeah, Dave Chappelle so. brings up in his neck and his yeah, special. exactly. So, but anyway, I think that you know, some like Dimension did that extreme series where it's like, oh, it's, it's just yeah. super, super blood and violence for the sake of it, and it's like, right, yeah. there's no substance. Yeah, exactly. Like Human Centipede too. There's a scene where the pregnant woman. Uh, you've seen it, right? Mm. I've seen parts, and after a while, you know, the first one I I, I actually kind of liked the first because the first one's like a mad scientist. Yes, movie. and this one then it's just kind of exploitative yeah. after that. And I just didn't really enjoy it. So there's a scene in the second one where um, there's a, he's trying to make a bigger centipede. He gets a pregnant woman and he doesn't realize she's pregnant until she is like knocked out. Uh. And then he hears the two heartbeats. Like he hears hers and then he moves down to her womb and he hears the other one. Um, so the pregnant woman's able to get away. And again, I'm not going to say don't watch this movie because the scenes of, it didn't offend me, but I was like, eh, it was kind of tasteless. Um, the woman gives birth as she's escaping mm-hmm. and the baby, like she gets into a car and the baby falls out of her and gets under the gas pedal. Yikes. She stomps on the gas pedal and kills her own baby to escape. And <laughs> I Jesus. Was, <laughs> you know, I've never been held captive, but mm-hmm. I, I think someone that would argue me on this point, that would say, yeah. that would say, well, you don't know what you would do in that situation. Yeah. It's like, motherfucker, you've never been held captive either. So how do you know? I doubt a mother would stomp on her own baby to, to save her own life. Like, yeah, true. I, I don't think, you know, a mother has that, you know, in her to kill her own baby to save herself. Right, yeah, I don't think so either. But, yeah, I mean, the shit like that, I mean, you know, I, I love good gory shit, but, you know, I, I'm not trying to sound like a snob or, you know, horror. I get, what, I get what you mean. Yeah. And, and building off, actually, that what you just said, with the gore and the grossness and everything... Another one of the movies that really built me up as a kid that I got to watch secondhand on like a bootleg tape was John Carpenter's John Carpenter's The Thing. I remember seeing that movie when I was eight years old, and fucking loving it. Just I, even back then too, I can really just feel the isolation and tension in that movie, and along with the brilliant special effects that, of course, still hold up today and 
destroy a lot of things that I even. Yeah. That one really, really kind of got me into horror and got me, like, into special effects mostly. Because, of course, I've watched the documentary of the thing and you got to learn, like, how a lot of this shit was made and all the. <laughs> how they almost blew up and everything. It's a really cool documentary. What's it called? Oh, uh, fuck, I forgot. Um, I want to say Who Goes There, but that's the name of the story, I believe. Uh, uh, Winter Takes Shape, I believe, is the name. Okay. Of the, and it's on YouTube. You can watch it free on YouTube. And they go through that. Rob Bottin is... He's interviewed a lot in there, and he's he's kind of a kook, man. He's like a weird dude, and he's funny if you watch it. <laughs> he's like in his own world, man. He's awesome. And it's just really a, just the whole Blair monster and the, the Doc monsters and all the different... The dog changing and everything was... Like the craziest, coolest thing as I've ever seen in my life when I was like eight years old. So that movie really, really stuck with me. And what was so cool too, which really kind of um, differentiated John Carpenter with James Cameron for me, was that with John Carpenter movies, each movie had like a different theme in a way, or a different uh, antagonist. Um, and it was, it was, the movies were different each time, you know, you had uh, an action movie, a, su- a sci-fi supernatural action movie like Big Trouble in Little China, then you had like a, a sci-fi horror movie with uh, They Live, then you got a, a haunted ghost devil fucking movie of Prince of Darkness, and then and you would see John Carpenter's name on it and be like, oh, fuck yeah, this is going to be great. But the thing with James Cameron, though, that happened with me that really kind of turned me off was that I saw Aliens, which at that time when I saw it, I didn't know yet it was the greatest movie ever. <laughs> but then I remember seeing that The Abyss was coming out a few years after Aliens came out, and I was like, oh fuck, James Cameron's got a new movie coming out? He did Aliens. This is going to be kind of like Aliens. And then I saw the movie and I was fucking disappointed because there's no aliens in it. And it was nothing like Aliens or like Terminator. So that kind of, that, that was just really turned me off at that point in time and really had to make me think about how some directors just don't do that and some directors do kind of different genres sometimes and there's a difference between what you're going to get with certain types of uh, directors. So you didn't like The Abyss, long story short. <laughs> I, I, uh, at the time I didn't like The Abyss because in this in this movie you're, you give me Hicks again and he's a bad guy? And he's like the main bad guy in the movie? How are you going to do that to me, man? You can't do that to me. But uh, The Mist is actually a pretty cool movie. I don't know if the mic picked that up, but <laughs> Max White. Uh, oh, you whined about it, The Abyss, too? The good man. <laughs> um, but, you know, going back to what I said, I mean, liking movies like Hatchet. A movie like Hatchet, yes. you, you know what to expect. You know if it's in that same... I don't want to say it's the same vein as Friday the 13th, but... I mean, it's a splatter flick. So you you already know what's... And it's done it's done in a way that's not, like, doing it for the sake of doing it. Like, there's actually a cool practical effect with, you know, uh, Victor Crowley ripping someone's head yeah. off. Or yeah. him literally pulling somebody apart. And, and and there's that slapstick element to it that makes it... Like, that Evil Dead slapstick. They did it well. Yeah. Well, well, here's the reason why. It's because that director is a fan. Yeah. The other directors who were making these horror movies before was more of a paycheck, and it was more of putting a movie out there that's going to put young kids 
butts in the seats. Now these are those young kids coming now, so they're able to make these horror films, make them well, put the funny stuff in there because they have this crowd that's built in for this. They have their peers, the same people who are their age, who are going to see this movie and are going to see someone's head getting ripped off, but instead of going, oh that's fake, or oh that's um, this or that, they're like, they're going to laugh at it because one, they may have an idea of how it was done because they're fans and two that it's uh, it's funny <laughs> it's, it's a and then of course sometimes when people are scared they laugh also or or when something extraordinary happens of course yeah you're gonna laugh and smile about it you get it. that oh shit yeah exactly and you're gonna get those reactions out of it because the these are the, the people that you're making this movie for now your yeah. audience has changed you have a fandom now because there was really no big fandom for those movies like the Halloween and everything. You can say, you know, like Dracula and Frankenstein. But these are very Renaissance kind of characters you have here. You have the, these are your fir- really your first ones, your first big spotlight characters. But now you have this these all these new directors coming in and, you know, Whale is dead, Hitchcock is gone. All these guys are gone and now you have this new breed, this new uh, class come in of filmmakers. You got Carpenter, you got Romero, you got fucking, um, what's his name from fucking Friday the 13th? Uh, Sean Cunningham. He's done tons of movies. Of course, he did those titty funny movies, and then he did horror movies. You have all these new people See, coming in. But then what's really funny, though, too, is you look at, like, with every, almost with almost every Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street movie, um, and, and basically Halloween movie, they've switched directors. So not only... I mean, Friday or Nightmare on Elm Street had a lot of like up and coming directors like uh, Rennie Harlan, who ended up doing yeah. uh, Die Hard Two, Die Hard Two, Cutthroat Island, yes, yeah. tons of stuff, uh, Speed Two, I want to say, uh, yeah, the Friday, uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street directors are really interesting, especially, um, yeah, like Rennie Har- Harlan's a big one. <clears throat> uh, oh, actually, a Friday the Thirteenth. They had a lot of interesting directors in there. They had like a for Part Five, which is like one of my favorites. They had, like, that kind of sleazy director to it, you know? And <laughs> yeah. he, he was perfect for it. And that was awesome. I like that. replaced an actress because her boobs weren't big. Yeah. Or, yeah, she didn't um, want to go topless. And then there was, like, Steve Miner, who did, I want to say, House and some other and then horror movies. And you had, you know, Tom McLaughlin, who, I believe that's his name, that did the sixth one. Oh, um, uh, what's... Fuck, what did he do? Jason Lives, and then... Um, right. Uh, I'm blanking on what else he did, but... Yeah, you know, and it, it works, and then that does work because you're you're handing off this franchise to someone to see what their their voice can do, and and, and with this movie, and maybe take it in a, a certain direction. Another director didn't do it, so I do like that. Now with these Halloween movies coming up, it's the same director. It's like a new kind of trilogy in a way. So and, and I like that too because they're making it their own, and they're have their own writers. Uh, I think but Danny McBride along with the director his name David Gordon Green is that what his name is yeah he's doing that um, so yeah I'm, I'm all in I'm not all in exactly just yet for these Halloween movies but um, seeing how is how like the last one was was really good I liked it a lot actually um, so I'm I am interested in these next I'm not gonna say I'm completely gaga I wish the movie just would have ended with the last one. They ended it perfectly. If they just would have shown him die, that would have been perfect. But, you know, got to squeeze out some more of my dollars. 
Well, you know what? That's <clears throat> that's really the nature of the beast, man. It all comes down to <clears throat> to money. And I kind of wish James was here because I know he would chastise us both for things we've said. <laughs> I, I, I still laugh when I think about um, him him chastising you over. Uh, so I think it was for the Danzig comment. You said something. He's like, "Hey, no, no." If I had a paper, I'd smack you in the nose. No. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it's, it comes down to an issue of dollars. and Yeah, of course it does. I mean... But then you get Terrifier. Well, the thing about Terrifier is, again, like I know we've talked about it in the last one, just how that fucking movie blew up. Like, yeah, it did. Well, once it hit Netflix and everything, Jesus yeah. Christy, I yeah. remember being excited to get it in March when it came out. Like, I remember I'm like, I'm coming home, I'm <laughs> buying Terrifier, and I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> Damn it! <clears throat> like, and even with All Hallows Eve, I'm like, <clears throat> man, this is this is a cool little movie, you know. And even like, it shows you what you can do on like a small budget. Mm-hmm. You could do a lot. And, and I keep bringing up Manborg, but yeah, you could do a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you fuck, you hated that movie. Okay. You know what? Right. I'm going to bring Manborg up in every fucking episode. Okay, good. <laughs> Please do. Damn it. I, there, I was actually going through, uh, I have a couple of like TV apps now, since I got rid of cable. Yeah, ditch the cord, baby. I, did. I, I, I actually just the do cable Hulu. Whatever. I just do Hulu live. Cut um, the cable. Um, just Hulu and Shudder? Uh, no, I just do Hulu. Uh, I have Hulu live. You don't have Shutter? I have Shutter. Okay. Okay. I have it through Amazon. I wish I had it like through. Oh. Um, okay. But I think it was called like Manbot or something. Manbot? Yes. I have to look for it. The Manborg ripoff? What the fuck, man? <laughs> but then that's kind of like what. You I'm should saying. be elated that something decided to rip off Manborg. <laughs> I what uh, I guess now. That, that we're talking about Terrifier, is that we have kind of this new age. We had, you know, our, our time of uh, our old famous horror Hollywood monsters, Frankenstein and everything, Dracula. Then we come across back to our, our fans who love those movies, like John Carpenter and Wes Craven, they made their movies. And then we got the people who love John Carpenter and Wes Craven movies, and we have those people now, and... and we have doing to, movies like Terrifier yeah. and, and Hatchet. Well, and that's the thing, too. Like, the thing I really loved about some of the new directors, like, especially when, like, I started hanging out with you more and learning about, like, the guys like Adam Wingard and Ty West and how they set shots up and how... Mm-hmm. I mean... When something is, like, a slow burn and you get hit with that, you know... When you get hit with that um, ascension in a movie, like when things just pick up the pace and ramp up then it's mm-hmm. like Jesus Christ there is just it's just fucking oh <laughs> it's hard to like I'm having trouble putting it into words but like again with House of the Devil when it picks up it's like what the fuck am I watching right yeah and they do that those small subtle big steps like when um, her friend gets her head blown off in the car yeah like that that, that part is <laughs> awesome um, and even in like your next when they're all having dinner and you notice um, you notice him looking out the window like oh, yeah homeboy that's actually Ty West yeah, yeah. You know, he's, he's looking out the window like what the fuck and boom, boom yeah, and was... then that's it just it starts and it just doesn't stop like it gets 
every death seems to just be worse and worse and worse. Yeah. You know what all we're talking what was your worst what what death made you kind of cringe a little in your next? I don't know if any of them really made me cringe. Death wise. I think some of the home alone shit in there can be kind of. But uh it was never really cringy. I the action uh, the, the the violence that Aaron does to the to the uh, the guys is isn't really cringy. It, it's more of satisfying because these bad guys have already done have already killed everyone. Uh, pretty much everyone, or they are for the most part. So we 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 know about our antagonists, and we know what they're trying to do. After a while. Um, so they're set up for this bad guy and there's no redemption for that and we're, there's no way we're going to feel bad for any of these guys like when the one guy's brother gets killed we feel nothing well, for him I because mean, we're against those guys now well, I'm talking about like the people in the house that are the victims the victim wise yeah because I can tell you right now the one that made me like cringe uh, was I felt so bad for the sister Oh, the one who gets, uh, she, like, oh, her head oh. gets, uh, she runs out the door and, oh, yeah, and gets, gets clotheslined. the tripwire. That one's pretty fucked up. Uh, but, not, yeah, still, nothing really got me. Um, cringeworthy. There were surprises, yes. But the the violence against the bad guys in this movie is, is very satisfying. Yeah, satisfying. And you're, you end up halfway through this movie not being afraid for Aaron and the other characters but you start to start cheering for Aaron to kill these guys and to have some resolution here. And it happens. And I think it happens very well because there is a resolution and it isn't the end of the movie necessarily. And we get one last shot of possibly uh, kind of like a Night of the Living Dead uh, scenario where the one living person in the, in the house gets shot and killed where... I mean, she doesn't die in the movie, but she does still get shot, and then, you know, the cop comes through and gets hit with the sledgehammer that she had set up, and that's the end of your movie right there, which I think is perfect. You could have had a, a, her dispatch the bad guys and, you know, have a somewhat of a happy reunion with maybe someone, but there really is no person, so they really couldn't go in that direction at all, but, so they had to do kind of something like this to really end the movie with a bang, and then credits roll, and you're like, oh, fuck, that was a good movie. See, well, going back to The Strangers, um, one thing about that is, you know, like, in your next, you get that satisfaction of, you know, the people that are doing the home invasion get theirs. You don't really get that in The First Strangers, because, mm. you know, they The Strangers to... win, right? There's no, like... Yeah, I mean, you know, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the movie... 15-year-old fucking movie, yeah. You know, Was it that old? <laughs> it's probably. And no, um, came out 2008, so... 10-year movie. 11, wow, it's only been 11. It feels like so much longer. Uh, but anyway, I mean, like, you know, there's not a time where they're able to successfully, like, hurt any of them. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they try to defend themselves. They have a shotgun in the house, and they end up shooting one of their friends who is checking on them. And that that's kind of like one of the, um, oh, Jesus Christ moments in the movie. Mm -hmm. You know, he thinks he's killing one of the invaders, and he shoots his best friend in the face with a shotgun. <laughs> and I will say the effects and detail they put, because it takes place over the course of a night. So, let's say like 12 hours, the body's been laying there, they like put the veins like bulging out of the face. Like, okay, yeah, cool. So like... Vi violence continuity yes is good <laughs> but you know the strangers pray at night there's some 
you know, the people fight back and they're a lot more successful. And okay. It's one of those things where it kind of makes you think, like, really? Like, you weren't able to, like, Liv Tyler and this dude weren't able to hurt you, but teenagers are able to? Yeah, it must, the violent video games must be... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which, you know, I remember the first time they did this whole violent video game campaign and how horror, like... That actually changed the way they show horror trailers, so that's when they started, like, blacking out blood. But then it all kind of came back, though. Look at look at AMC right now in The Walking Dead. That's, like, one of the goriest fucking shows I've ever seen. Not just the zombies, either. Oddly enough, the people that knew that I liked horror asked me if I watched The Walking Dead, and I said, why the fuck would I watch a zombie show that's on a cable network that can't show violence? And then, you know, as a, <laughs> as a, as a birthday gift to myself, I bought season one to check it out. And when they tore the horse apart, I was like, holy fuck. fuck yeah, like, it's, it's this rough, is, man. This is gonna be, and, and that's the thing, like, every year it just stepped the violence up more yes. and more. Like, I, I remember I could tell when they were stepping it up more and more, I think in season three, when uh, they were at the prison and they rip the zombie's face off and you just see the skeleton. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, and it's cool. I mean, the, yeah. those effects are awesome. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I, I, Walking Dead's kind of soured on me. I'm, you know, I don't have cable anymore, and I'm just waiting for this latest season to come on Netflix, which should be, like, in the next week, I want to say. Uh, I think maybe, Monday. like... Yeah, Monday. Is it Monday? Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to start watching, catching up on it. I personally don't watch shows like that anymore, I want to say, where, I, you know, a uh, show starts at 7 o'clock. Oh, I better be sitting down waiting for it. Fuck that, I don't do that anymore. Yeah. I'll wait the next day or two or whatever, and I'll get around to it leisurely, take a shit halfway through it, make a sandwich, and have Pause. a cigarette. <laughs> yeah, exactly, I can do that now. That's so awesome. So that's why I don't watch any other, any really any shows anymore, unless they're on a channel that I can just watch immediately and pause it whenever I want. Well, that's one of the reasons why I got rid of cable, is I can't justify spending $200 a month when all I watch is on-demand stuff. Yeah, exactly. Why, yeah, why would you I, just get internet and Hulu yeah. and Netflix and Shutter? That's all I need. I went from paying, YouTube. I went from paying almost $200 a month to just like $93 a month just for internet. Yeah, it's just like, get internet, man. That's and, all you need. And honestly, it sucked at first because it's like... What, oh, sports? Well, yeah, hey, there's a Cubs game on. Oh, wait, I can't watch it. Oh, well, there's a, like a million fucking movies you can watch now. <laughs> I don't want to watch a movie. I want to watch the Cubs lose. Well, go to a bar or something, man. That'll save you the money, right? You just go there and eat chicken wings and watch Cubs. How many, like, really, how often did you watch the Cubs game? I tried to watch them every opportunity I could. They're still on WGN and stuff. You can still watch them. Well, no, they're not on WGN anymore. The Sox are on a better team. That's right. Anyway, coming up. <laughs> you motherfuckers all live, all live in the fucking... Past, you know, it's it's what past. You guys were living in 1908 still, for fucking a hundred years. You guys are still living in 2005. So hey, it's not too, it's not 1908, buddy. Well, yeah, because we won one in 2016. Yeah, you had to buy that fucking fucking series. Got lucky. You guys got lucky. Oh, shut the up. weather helped you guys. How what am I saying? You guys, us? you're not How even on the, the fucking weather, team. How did the weather help us? That there was a weather break in that game seven between the Indians. The Indians were fucking red hot and they were going to score and they were going to top the Cubs at some point. But rain came in. The god of fucking Harry Carey came in and blew his nose all over the fucking field. And of course, there was a rain delay and then the Cubs won. 
So and then hell froze over and then Trump was elected. You happy with your Cubs now? You see what the seven gates of hell that the Cubs opened did? No. I <laughs> <laughs> you know... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you guys won a fucking championship in 2005. You haven't done shit since. Yeah, but what terrible things happened after that? After in 20... 20 2005. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to think of something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not our fault. It wasn't an election year that year, okay? Yeah, it was. Yeah, no, it wasn't. Yeah, well, Bush got elected that year. Uh, well, he took office for the second time. In 2005, January. So, yes, it was an elected year. <laughs> anyway, what are we talking about this for? Um, I guess we got to really started. I know, I did, didn't I? Um, anyway, uh, yeah, those are about the movies that really kind of brought me in. Dawn of the Dead was a little bit later in life to where uh, I think I was probably about 11 or 12 when I first saw that one, which was a huge influence on me. But it wasn't part of my earlier years. Day of the Dead was. I actually saw Day of the Dead before Dawn of the Dead. And that no! one scared the shit out of me. <laughs> that one, yeah. That one scared me. Oh, man. Yeah. I just love the opening of that movie. Hello! Hello! <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that part's awesome. It's one of my favorite parts of that movie is just that beginning. Well, that's why I said you'd love the beginning of Stranger Things, the season three. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, was, that was really awesome. And they kind of fucked that scene up a little bit, though. They, what they should have done for that beginning was have that power go out and when the power went back on and they're in the theater, they should have had the part where the, all the arms come out. And that would have scared like the whole crowd. That's why uh, that was a little well, step. You know, the the, right the projector stopped when power goes out. You know? Yeah, well when the power came back on though, the projector would go back on and then that scene where just right at that moment, all those hands came out and boom. That would have made like the audience jump in the theater in the TV show, not in like real life. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, any other movies you have to add, or I think I, you know, Halloween. <laughs> Halloween was the main one that did it for me. Um, you know that that'll always like hold a special place in my heart. Um, yeah, it's just it's something that you know after forty years, <laughs> after forty, 40 years, years, yeah, forty fucking years. Um, you know, it, it hasn't had as many legal issues as, like, Nightmare on Elm Street. And, you know, Friday the 13th is just... Going to all the different studios and stuff. And well, the there's a lot of shit going on with Friday the 13th now, and they're saying, like, it won't be settled till at least, like, 2021. Good. Make it 2030. Yeah, so... Max, Max <laughs> is starting to snore, so... Oh. <laughs> it's, time, it's time to move on. It's time to end the show. Max is snoring, and Charlie's yeah. all up in my biz. Yeah, so... Um, Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Um, the Pinheads of Horror Facebook page is still the same. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to find the podcast, check out Larry's channel, My Bleeding Ears, on uh, SoundCloud. Yeah. My Bleeding Ears podcast. That's my own podcast I do. Uh, I'm usually pretty weekly on that, so you can check uh, those episodes and this episode on there. And anyone listening out there, uh, get into contact with us. Uh, you want to be a guest, maybe even? You know a little bit about horror? You got some suggestions? Please let us know. We'd love to either answer some questions or talk to you offline, maybe have you on the show or something. Hey, we can work with you. Yeah, don't be a dick about it because I was actually going through some old messages, like from when we first started the podcast, and there were two people that said we had to put them on our show. And I was at that attitude. It's like, 
Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> who the fuck? Who was that? Just some it was, assholes? It was, yeah, it was back in like 2017. And was it some like other podcasters or no, something? No, but some guy's just... like, you need to add me to your podcast. And it's like, no, I don't. And that was it. That's all he said. He's like, excuse me, you need to add me to the podcast. Yeah, and it's like, how about you ask? How about you say, hey, man, I have some stuff I'd like to contribute. Right, yeah. And then you can talk to us. Hey, and... yeah, work with us here, man. Well, no, no, it's, nice, it's that forceive, like, you know, what are you possibly going to add? <laughs> like... Hey. You, you and I, you and I were just babbling for like the last hour and a half. To Pretty two much, hours, yeah. And it could have gone on longer, but Charlie, yeah. fucking the dogs snoring, the cats uh, lying all over the place, yeah, stepping on cords, yeah, fucker. Um, but no, it's like just yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, get in touch with us. We want to hear people's thoughts on these things, and and I want people to tell me I'm wrong. I want people to say they have a different opinion than I do. I want that. You know, I. I like doing these kind of shows because I know people have different opinions than I do, and I like to see and hear it, other people's opinions. It makes things sussy. It, and, and I learn from this, too. I have my mind changed about things. I've had my mind changed about movies, even. Uh, there's like that one movie, Only God Forgives. Um, it's a uh, fucking... Um, the guy who did Drive, which I love the movie Drive. Um... Uh, Nicholas Wending Riffin is his name and he did this movie uh, Only God Forgives and I at first viewing I really didn't like the movie all that much but as I, I I watched another critic talk about it and then I watched it myself I kind of I enjoyed it a lot more because I understood it a lot more and um, there not being enough dialogue in the movie I think kind of set it back for me and I still think it does too I think there needs to be more dialogue in this movie but just um, giving things a second chance and hearing another perspective really helps me out. And so where I can enjoy things that maybe you enjoy. So it'd be really nice to hear. Yeah. And <laughs> you too, Ed. Well, I was, you brought that up and it made me think of another movie. It's not really a horror movie. Um, have you ever seen King of the Ants? Uh, I've seen... I think I've seen Kingdom of the Ants. Okay, no. This movie is called uh, King of the Ants and the two... There are actually three well-known people in it. Um, one of the bald ones. Um, George Went is in it, and uh, was, was Norm. Norm. Yeah. And um, Ron Livingston of Office Space. Oh, yeah, and, that uh, guy. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen him in um, tons of shit. And, yeah, you know, it's one of those movies, like you said, that I actually really liked it the first time I watched it. And then I watched it again. It was kind of the opposite of what you said. I watched it again. I'm like, wow, this movie is not really that good. <laughs> oh, oh, that's like me with Boondock Saints. <laughs> well, you know what? The, the, the problem with Boondock Saints is like, again, it's one of those movies where you watch it and you're like, this is a really cool movie. And then right, like, yeah. it got that hype train. It's like, it wasn't really that good of a movie. No, it wasn't, man. I mean, it has its moments, but it's, mm -hmm. and it's mainly because of the acting in it. Like, you know, Willem Dafoe. Yeah, great. there's cool characters. But then in the sequel, you have, like, Julie Benz, who is, you know, kind of annoying. Yeah, the movie's just garbage. Yeah. And actually, you know what, uh, I think you, it, this was that flashback a couple of years ago. Um, Steph got to meet Sean, uh, Sean Patrick Flannery. Oh, right, right, right. And, man, I'll say it again, that son of a bitch doesn't age. No, he doesn't, man. Like, he was in the Saw movie, and he looked the same. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, um... I asked him. I asked him a question about the director because I don't know if Patrick he, Duffy. Yeah, 
Um, I'm sure he gets asked about that a lot. Well, because he actually, they did a documentary on him. Yeah, I want to see that. It's called Overnight, um, and man, it is fucking good. It shows you how, like, fucking crazy and compulsive that dude is, but, you know, his name's Troy Duffy. Troy Duffy? Yeah. Yeah. Patrick Duffy. That's the guy... From uh, the that uh, Bob Dallas, right? <laughs> and that, is yeah, Dallas. yeah. <laughs> and where's that one stupid TGIF TGIF show used to be on? Oh, uh, step by step, step by step with that fucking dude who was all stupid. Cody. Then he was, yeah, Cody. Then he was in like all the kickboxer movies. <laughs> and he was also uh, man. He was also in uh, fuck. One of the, I don't I don't think it was a Universal Soldier movie, but it was like a, a movie where he was like a cyborg or something. Oh, uh, was it Cyborg Two? No. Yes, was it, it was. was. Cyborg 2. Oh, he was in one man. of the Cyborg movies, and I remember it ended like with them playing paintball, and I thought one of the most vicious kills in that movie was he like had a bunch of the kids like he trapped them in a hole, and he just throws a grenade in there. Yeah. And, like you hear them screaming for their lives, and they just blow up. And I'm like, wow, nice. That was, that, was, <laughs> yeah, that was pretty dark. Um, I'm going to say Class of 1999 2. Yes! That's exactly what it is. That's the movie. <laughs> yes, that's exactly Class what it is. Class of 1999 2. Yeah, I just watched the original a few months ago, and it's I, I enjoy that movie. It's it's pretty cool, man. It's pretty odd. They, they also, uh, man, what was it? Um, yeah, that guy had a pretty tumultuous, uh, got accused of beating his wife or something, and then, oh, like, shit. They, they, well, it was proven that his wife made it up. But no, oh. I think his name's like Sasha something. Yeah, other. yeah, Sasha. And then uh, you had uh, who else? Suzanne Summers, who was on that show yeah. too. Yeah. Okay. All right. Enough talk about this. <laughs> but anyway, uh, thank you guys for joining us on another episode of Pinheads of Horror. Uh, we'll be back hopefully by the end of September of twenty nineteen. Yeah. Early October around that time. I'm going to be kind of busy doing stuff, but I'll see if we can squeeze it in there. And hopefully we can talk about all the summer movies that came out, and hopefully we can catch up on a bunch of them too, because I haven't seen quite a few. Like the uh, 47 Meters Down, I really want to see, even though I think it, it looks horrible, but I really need to see it because I love shark movies. Uh, Midsummer, I saw, you need to see that right away. It was awesome. And just a bunch of stuff, so please join us uh, in about a month, I'll say. Would you say it is going to be the, um, I, you the know what? end of summer movie season? Yes, it will be. And I actually spoke to someone, a friend of mine went and saw the movie, and he said it's awesome. And he says that Bill Hader steals the show. So Yeah, it's, it's what I've seen too. So yeah. hopefully, hopefully it's not like just Bill Hader. <laughs> you know, actually, right before we close out here, um, when after I saw the original... Well, not the original, but the the remake of it, and you know, then it says part two, and then there's all the speculation about who's going to be playing the adults. I got three of them out of uh, all the people picked. I, I picked James McAvoy, Jessica St- uh, Chastain, and I called fucking Bill Hader, and he was going to be what's his face in the movie, Reggie Richie Richie. Yeah. He's going to be Richie. I called it, man. I fucking called it, well, and it happened. Because they were who else did they want? They wanted Chris Pratt for. Uh, ben. That actually, I think that would have been a good Ben, but getting this guy, this other guy, I think is better. Yeah. Because then we're gonna have goofy. We already have a bunch of goofy people in this movie. Then they have another goofy dude in there. Yeah. Ain't gonna make sense. So. Uh, he could do. He could do like the heavy hitting stuff. And he, like Passengers wasn't a terrible movie. He was pretty good in it. Okay. 
Anyway, thank you guys, and uh, we will see you soon. Yep. Say bye, Ed. Come on. Bye. All right. Later. <laughs>